Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, one-on-one development and analysis check. Here we go. So many of us managers think about one-on-ones as a great tool, right? I mean, you build relationships, you communicate, you see things better, you hear things sooner. That's a nice one. You get better questions, you get more prepared answers. But you shared something with me a while ago, something that you had shared with one of uh, your uh, previous clients that I thought was incredibly powerful and, and simple. We hadn't talked about it before here on the on the show, so yeah, I think a lot of managers see one-on-ones as a great tool, and yet they see it as a tool that sits by itself, and they don't think of it as okay, this is now how I do business. How does that affect other ways in which I do business? Um, and one-on-ones are a great way to pay attention differently to our directs than we have before. And I have to tell you, a number of years ago, a client asked me to help them develop. Um, to make sure they were developing the right people for promotion. And it was easy to see that the question to ask was, did the direct's list of topics, in other words, what the direct wanted to talk about in the one-on-one, did that roughly match their boss's list? If that was the case, they tended to think more like a manager. Not true in all cases, but true in probably 80 plus percent of the cases. And also, very not true in people who are not ready. So this is a super simple cast, maybe one of the shortest ever, but it's a powerful way to keep track of the development of your, at this point, at least your top performers will do other casts about other ways to check directs in terms of their development through one-on-one behaviors, but simple. What we want you to do is make sure that when you take notes, you write down the topics that your directs address whatever topics they bring. We need to talk about note-taking for a minute. And the second thing you do, I know this sounds really complicated, guys. You take a look at their list and you compare their list, you evaluate their list against your own list to see whether or not they're converging on you or whether or not they're getting closer to the kind of things that you expect them to be thinking about when they're a manager. Not hard. Not hard at all. Writing down their, the topics they address, that sounds pretty straightforward, right? I mean, hopefully folks are confident that their notes are good representations of what topics are discussed, you know, what questions were asked, what, you know, what answers you provided, what deliverables were committed to, that kind of stuff, right? I think that's true, but if you're, but if you're listening, you're like most managers, the list that your directs bring into their one-on-one becomes something to be worked. In other words, the list is just a bunch of items and the items are worked and they're seen in isolation and there's no thinking about the list itself separate from the work that has to be done. Look, it's, it's, it's like a grocery list that's been supplied to you by somebody else and that you're working. Your job is to check each item off, um, to go get the items, check them off. When they're all done, you go to the checkout. Great, no problem. The thing about one-on-one lists, though, and to just continue the shopping analogy, the shopping list means something. I mean, if it didn't mean anything, you could look at it in a foreign language and just go around looking for the labels that had the words on them that were on the shopping list. You mean like, for example, you could tell by the items on the list what kind of food they're thinking about yeah. preparing, right? It's just not a random list of groceries. Yeah, particularly if you've if you've had these the, the this meal before, you can recognize the ingredients and go, oh, clearly we're making X tonight. Okay, and so the analogy that I've used before with clients is, can you tell what meals 
or what meals someone is going to cook based on the list off of which you're checking items. And so you look at the list, the list itself, not what actions have to be taken, not whether it's a briefing, not whether it's a decision, not whether it's a, a discussion or whatever. You look at the list of items and draw a conclusion about the list themselves. And it's totally this, I mean, the concept of a shopping list having meaning, in addition to having some things that are unconnected, is true for directs lists and one-on-ones as well. Their list means something. It tells us what they're thinking about. You can't tell me, you know, if a direct comes in and every single question is way down in the weeds, hey, help me with this cell in this spreadsheet, or look, do you think the size of the bullets here are right for this particular PowerPoint, or... You know, when did you make that job transition? Oh, well, I'll have to check. Well, generally, um, I'm not sure if it's August 25th or August 26th, 1988. Really? You think there's a distinction between 1925th, August 25th and August 26th? Clearly there's not. And so if you get a bunch of those kind of things, you say, well, okay, maybe this guy is not the right guy to be a manager because he's too far down in the weeds. And guys, please, there are plenty of managers who are down in the weeds, but... Someone who's down in the weeds that we reward for being down in the weeds when in fact their job requires them to take a 30,000 foot view every once in a while will struggle in many cases. But the list will tell you what they're worried about, where they're spending their time, if nothing else, with whom they're working well, with whom they're crossing paths and crossing foils, if you will. Are they stuck in the weeds? Are they way too high a level? Are they just talking about people they know in the organization and telling you stories? Simply, are they working on the right priorities? Or are they working on the kind of priorities that show they have the mindset and capabilities that you need from them in a manager? Now, we're starting with this cast in terms of using the process of one-on-ones to think differently of directs. And this was the first ever meta use of one-on-one information that I recommended. There are several others. Um, Obviously, you could extend this more generally and say, Maybe the opposite of what I want is a sign that somebody's in trouble, and that, that's true. That's a future cast. So again, the inference of what our directs are thinking about is really the metadata of the list. The list itself has value. If a lot of questions are in one area, it's reasonable to assume that that's where they're spending their time. And yeah, if they're spending their time in the wrong area, again, we'll cover that in a future cast. That inference, the inference you're drawing, which is what do I think my direct is thinking about, is missing from far too many managers in my experience. Um, managers tell me all the time, I say, well, tell me about their last couple of one-on-ones. And they give me a list of stuff he wanted to know about this, wanted to know that about. And about halfway through, they go, oh my gosh, this guy's working on the wrong stuff. And I said, yeah, pretty, pretty obvious, right? But managers take each item as a episode in a vacuum. Uh, Wendy shared with me recently that up until uh, television shows, production studios started selling season-long DVDs uh, or or DVDs of the entire series, you know, an entire season, any given show was created all by itself and had no connection to anything else. Um, but they realized that they needed a longer story arc across the whole series, maybe not just one, but several, in order to keep people interested when they started watching separately from having to wait week to week um, or day to day in the event, I guess, of a soap opera. And 
they're essentially created some metadata, a meta story to the to the individual shows. That's what this does. It makes us realize, oh, there are patterns here. You know, for most managers, they're happy as Larry that they're answering questions the direct has. One less interruption at some point this week, right? Making progress, getting things done. And again, it's just solve that problem, solve that problem, solve that problem, solve that problem, answer that question, have that discussion. And a lot of managers, I think, probably take notes about what's brought up, but they never look back at the list and go, you know, what kind of questions am I getting? And if I had to rank order my folks, which one asked the best questions or which one thinks most clearly based on my estimation? And, and what we've learned about the metadata here is you can't surmise it easily while you're working through the list. Now, that is to say, if you just start doing this immediately, you're not going to be able to both work the list, which we've done perhaps for years, many of you, um, and at the same time think, what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean? What is the metadata story becoming on each li- each item right. in the list, this particular cast? They just, you, you can't do it. You'll learn how to do that after a couple of years of thinking about, about the metadata. But in the beginning, you have to do the review, the analysis, the surmising, if you will, after the one-on-one is done. Do you have to do it right after? Or if you have good notes, can you do it later? If your notes are good, you can do it later. Now, my experience has been the vast majority of managers say their notes are good when in fact that's not so. It's probably better to do it right then or shortly thereafter, you know, within a few hours. Um, it's not necessary. I'm not going to fall on my sword. Um, look, you, you could. If your notes are good, um, this is not something I would choose to do, but it has nothing to do with my recommendations. If you want to put 15 minutes on your calendar once a month to do the review, it'll be fine. As long as you can read your notes, as long as you can recall the conversations, as long as your notes carefully, faithfully reflect the topic list as opposed to answers you gave. Now you start getting a month later with eight eight, uh, directs per week. You're talking about 30 one-on-ones. Probably not easy to keep track of every single thing that was said in every single one-on-one. So... I think in the beginning, it's far better to do it pretty quickly after the one-on-one, if it's just five minutes. And if you wait too long and your memory's not good and your notes aren't good, you're going to be wasting your time at the end of the month. And when I actually first started sharing this with the firm, and again, this firm wanted to be smarter about seeing future talent. And they said, how do you teach managers to see future talent? The first thing managers learned was that their notes were, their note-taking habits Therefore, their notes. In fact, one guy said, I'm a great note taker. I just always end up with bad notes. I'm like, you know, dude, I, <laughs> how, how do you get there? Well, you know, it's the paper's fault. Right? You know, <laughs> the invisible pen. ink. It's the invisible ink, yeah. So, guys, so don't feel bad if this cast teaches you to step it up a notch. Um, if you're a high eye like I am, you have a tendency to skimp on notes. If you're a high C, you're probably overdoing it, but don't stop, okay? Now, the high Cs, the danger for a high C for a perfectionist manager is that he or she works so hard at taking notes, they miss all kinds of things. Right, and the conversation suffers and the relationship suffers. Yeah, yeah. in other words, the relationship is is the key. Um, And I've actually told some managers, stop taking notes, work on the relationship for a little while, and then gradually work yourself back into a place where you're both focusing on the relationship and getting some notes down. And I've also told some managers that I felt were good, but were struggling with their habits in terms of not being good interpersonal communicators 
in a one-on-one basis, unless they're talking about something that they have expertise in, I told them, look, you're gonna have to schedule for 45 minutes for your one-on-one, 30 minutes for the one-on-one, and 15 minutes to write your notes. You know, we don't recommend that, but as we've said many times, our recommendations are for 90% of the managers 90% of the time. It's okay to do them afterwards. The problem is, is that we're adding 50% more time and you can eliminate that 50% greater time by simply engaging in effective note-taking behavior. And we have a cast for that, um, the Cornell note-taking method. It's a great note-taking method. I use it. And what would be bad about discovering after a couple of years of doing one-on-ones that your notebook is, um, or your, your, your notes aren't very good. And you go, okay, I need to get better because otherwise you could have just gone on for years having crummy notes. Um, As someone who has testified in court with one-on-one notes, uh, I can assure you having notes that are legible, not because the court needs to read them, but because you need to be able to decipher them, having decipherable notes is is a good thing. And guys, look, I've been talking about this lately. I'm just back from... Asia and Australia. And I told the folks in Australia, I said, guys, you got to get used to the idea that one-on-ones, feedback, coaching, delegation, the Trinity, and more broadly, any new system we recommend. And we're very careful about not recommending too many systems because we know you have work to do. And the hump you, the, the McGuire hump of the horseman curve is sometimes hard to get over, but any system that you, that you start, frankly, any system the organization starts decays immediately. All processes, all systems, all things, all human things decay. It is the nature of the universe to seek entropy. I think, I think the universe is fundamentally a gigantic entropy engine. It's not. I'm kidding. Scientists, you high seas, those of you with degrees in rocket science, don't say, Mark, it's actually not. I'm like, I know that. I'm, I'm making a point about how an object at rest tends to stay at rest. And I think that It's okay to recognize that your processes, the way you do your work, the habits you engage on a regular basis, maybe we could say that personal, you know, the habits are what we call processes that are applied to an individual. And uh, your habits need upgrading periodically. You know, it could be the gym, it could be eating, it could be reading, changing your reading habits. I, I was just in Asia and told somebody, yeah, I read 200 books a year. And they said, it's just not possible. Oh, okay. So this is, so you're like the guy who asked me the question, are you being truthful when you report your golf scores? <laughs> so look, if your note-taking has decayed, and by the way, uh, I've talked to many managers, completely anecdotal guys, may be false, may not be supported by data, but I've, been, I've talked to many 50-year-old managers. I'm, I'm, Mike and I are 53, and um, they all say, hit 40s, it's harder, and at 50, things start going downhill in terms of note-taking. My handwriting is awful. Now, Mike, I, I don't know that I've talked to you about it. Is it. Have you noticed yours becoming less legible? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I didn't start yeah. off <laughs> real legible to begin with. I think yours are easier to read than mine. I mean, no, I started okay. off. Mine actually, my handwriting, my note-taking used to be beautiful, but now I'm constantly having to write at the speed of someone else talking in a meeting where if it's a client, they outrank me. And boy, I just write really, really fast. I can read it. I don't have to keep it for five years and show it to a bunch of other people. But um, so, so look, that's okay, guys. And, and if you're thinking, oh, Mark and Mike are talking about this new idea and I don't, you know, gosh, I, 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 
I didn't know that I was supposed to do this in one-on-ones. We've never talked about this before. Okay. I've been recommending it for years privately to clients. You know, we can't get everything out all at once. So this is when we're putting it out. This is an opportunity for up to upgrade your one-on-ones. Okay. It's, it's simple. All it is is tightening up your note-taking and then spending a minute looking at your directs and asking yourself for those who are good, do you see convergence with the kind of things you think about? Could your boss, for instance, infer your priorities, your direction, your vision for the team from your direct's work, from your direct's topics of interest during the one-on-one? It's not always true. There are certain situations where managers uh, manage people who are doing a very distinctive thing and have no desire to be a manager. But heck, we'll talk in a future cast about how to evaluate somebody, not whether or not they want to be a manager, but whether or not they're doing their actual work really, really well. So look, I just want to go back and say everything does decay. And, you know, wait a month during your next series of one-on-ones and then go back and see if you can read your notes. All the while in that month thinking, I have to read these notes in a month. They better be good. And then you can say, okay. Are they thinking about the same things I am? Are they working on, you know, you know, ask yourself the questions you need. And if you can't read your own notes, improve your notes and then shorten the refractory period before you start, you know, maybe go two weeks. Some people prefer to have a, a periodicity of every week. Some people want to wait two weeks. That's fine. Anyone is fine. Looking at it at the end of six months is a joke though, unless you have brilliant notes, which I can't imagine you do. Good. Now, then you said evaluate their list against your own. What do you mean there? Yeah, look, now this is just one example of using the metadata from a one-on-one on a specific subgroup of your team, but for your top performers, which is where, thanks to Pareto, the top 20% of your team produces 80% of your results. Please don't send me a mail saying, actually, Mark, that's not true. The top 30% of my team produce 80%. You know, it's a good way of thinking about the discontinuity and unevenness of distributions. Um, But yeah, what you do for your best performers, the future managers, the future directors, hypothetically, even the future executives, the question you ask yourself is really simple. Does their list resemble yours? And if, if they're way down in the weeds and you're not, they're going to struggle in a promotion. Now you can address that. You can say, wow, Ozan says, Horseman's my best guy, but he's out in left field. So start delegating stuff that will cause me to think the right way. Okay, give me some feedback about the kinds of questions you're asking. Look, some of you will say, wait a minute, we can't give them feedback about what they're talking about, talking uh, to us about in the one-on-one. Well, in a way you can, because if in fact they're talking about work, you can say, hey, listen, I'm drawing this conclusion. I want you to know the conclusion I'm drawing. Are you sure you're working on the right stuff? Or I could give you feedback, not on the fact that you're talking about on the one-on-one at the end of the day or at the end of the week, I could say, hey, when you talk to me about X and Y and Z, and I don't see A, B, and C, our top three priorities in that list, it worries me a little bit. Can we talk about that next one-on-one? So again, are they thinking about the same things you are? Are they working on the right things? Are they supporting the organization? Are they spending the right time with the right directs if they have directs? Are they spending time on things that are important before urgent? We can't give you the exact answer because only you can know. On the other hand, you can only know that if you look at the metadata. And the only way you can get metadata is to take good notes. So this is an opportunity to take better notes and you're going to get a bonus out of it, which is, what do I see? Um, And many of you are going to see people who aren't ready for promotion and that's okay. That's fine. That's a reasonable outcome.
good to know. <laughs> yeah, it's good to know. And, and you could have known it before. And believe me, guys, there are times when I look back at trends and say, boy, did I miss that. I shouldn't, but I do. Because again, entropy rules and um, everything decays. And probably most of you, the flywheel gradually spins down on one-on-ones and feedback and coaching and delegation and annual reviews and everything else you do as a manager. You're going to get a benefit out of, out of tightening things up, tightening your laces a little bit, cinching your belt up a little bit tighter and working a little harder. Not, not rocket science. I think I think a pretty short cast, right, Mike? Yeah, I think so. One of the, one of the shorter ones, but a good one. This is awesome, dude. Yeah. So guys, just write down the topics that your directs bring in and then analyze them after the fact. Until you can get good enough to analyze in real time, which is hard, I will tell you. And I know it sounds simple, but very few people I know use this technique. When we taught it to a particular company I'm very fond of, they thought it was the cat's meow. Uh, but look, who wouldn't want signs that our directs are thinking the way we are? At least insofar as we understand what we're supposed to be working on, right? And gosh, it would be even better if you realized you ought to be thinking reverse engineering this and thinking about it. If your boss gives you a one-on-one -on -one and you're a manager, you ought to be asking yourself, what is my boss talking to me about and how can I align with him or her? But that's for another cast. There you go. All right, my friend. Thank you. You bet partner. All right. We'll see you. Thanks everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. In the meantime, have a great one. So long.